Welcome to another bonus podcast. This is our first one in the official recording studio. We are moving up in the world here. So we have our silent down. producer, Matt. Who We're is moving down in the world. Down in the basement, yes. up in recording quality, we hope. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt <laughs> is helping us out this time, who is our the extra podcast regular, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do this ourselves in the future. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. My name is Crystal, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm joined today with Thalia. Yes. Hello. Hello, and two other guests who I'll have you introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Paul Siemens, one of the teaching associates here at Northview. And this is your first Christmas with us? Uh, it is. It's my first uh, Northview Christmas, and it is everything wonderful. <laughs> Delightful and delicious. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. very much. Lots of good food already so far. And the other guest is? Hi, I'm Greg. I'm also a teaching associate pastor. Yeah, two I, teaching associate pastors today. I think am I am I still the most frequented guest I think so. of the bonus yeah, podcast? You're, yeah, you're Take exponentially that, stupid Paul. <laughs> oh, Greg. Whoa. Merry Christmas. These teaching yeah. associates work side by side. They get along really well, as it's you can true. tell. It's true. We actually do. We spend yeah. lots of time laughing and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit creepy. I'm laughing at Jeff. It is a lot of laughing at Jeff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. listening to him when he wants to talk about things. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have yeah. to drop everything when he just wants to chew yeah. over, even mm-hmm. if it's football, like this morning. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Everything yeah. else has to get dropped. Yeah. That's why you guys have silencing headphones at your desk. <laughs> totally. So quickly, what are you looking forward to as you enter the Christmas season? Mm. We're recording this a few days before Christmas, but we will be airing it just at the beginning of the new year. But what are you looking forward to? Mm. Some time off. Yeah. Will be nice. Although uh, not that much. Greg and I have to preach on Sunday. Oh. So while that's great, uh, it also means some work that needs to be done this week that other people don't have to do. I have to MC. But that's okay. It's good. I have to MC Saturday night and Sunday. So I'm on with you guys. Mm -hmm. I get the weekend off. Nice. Nice. Greg? uh, Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to. I think this year my son will be a little bit more interested in opening up presents. I still don't think he'll care. Like I'm still not convinced buying him presents was worth it. Nope. Um, But we did and we wrapped them. I think he'll enjoy unwrapping them. Yeah. And the boxes. And he'll sit in the boxes. I give him like four minutes and then he'll probably be done. Uh Like he'll be like, okay, I unwrapped them. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, let me play with my old toys. What did you get for him, Greg? I don't know. You don't know. It's going to be a surprise to me. What kind of father are you? I'm Apparently not a good one if that's the if that's what you're trying to insinuate by your question. It's that funny parental guilt thing, like we have to supply things for our kids even when they don't totally understand. Yeah, it. right. Yeah. And we have to buy treats for a dog even though they don't know it's Christmas. And like Yeah, yeah. This is something I was having this discussion with a friend yesterday and she she's like, Yeah, we buy a toy for our dog every year, but this yeah. year we kinda splurged and bought a new dog bed. And I'm like what? Like, the dog doesn't care if it's Christmas Day or January 4th. Or like, the adver- advertisements would tell you that they uh, do. Funny. Yeah, I they think deserve a gift from I, the non-pet girl over here. Totally. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think we should have just wrapped like boxes of diapers. <laughs> That's what he needs. And like all the stuff that we have to buy anyways, and then just wrap it and put it under the tree and let him unwrap Woo-hoo! it, and then give him his old toys that he's making. Like, mm-hmm. Does that make me a bad, a bad dad? I think it's very practical, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. I am a very practical dad. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. I'm looking forward to, after Christmas, uh, my son is going on a trip to Nepal. So I'm looking Ooh. forward to mm. s- just helping him get ready for that and seeing him off and then hearing about all the fun stuff he gets to do for two weeks. Is mm-hmm. Nepal the flag that's not even a rectangle? It's, it's like just a, like... It's like a flag, like a... Two triangles. Yes. Right? Well, it's like a tri... It's just a triangle. Isn't it I two? Hmm. I can't think of what it looks like. Isn't it like a, a jagged triangle? I, f- I know... I feel like I know flags because for all those years I had to hang those... With Darcy, it's like a half. Darcy. It's like a red half Christmas tree. Yes, mm-hmm. on the side. On this the side. is totally like, and Christmas. it even has a star on it. That's there exciting. You go. There you go. Good for Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a Christian nation, though. Oh well, that's why is they have a pa- half of a pagan Christmas tree <laughs> on go. their flag. <laughs> How about you, Thalia? What are you looking forward to? I want to go see Star Wars. Oh, you haven't yet. Oh, oh no. good well, one. I'm going to go see that too. The first movie came out when I was seven. It was I think the first movie I remember seeing in the theater with my dad. Mm. So it kind of you're is aging old. yourself. I know. On 1977. Wow. I was seven. That's, Do the math. Yeah. I think it. I think Jeff and I said it was our first one too. So mm. yeah. we're all. We're indoctrinated wow. into movies together. We watched it a few years ago with our kids, and I was really bored. I thought, oh, my goodness, the special effects have really changed since I was seven. Yeah. And now they're far more, yeah. you know, much better. I've already offended mm-hmm. Star Wars fans multiple times through the extra podcast, so I'm going to go out and say it is actually really boring. The, the new one? one? No, no, no. The, the, the old one. The, the episode four. I'm on five now. Um, I'm rewatching some of them because Paul lent me his movies because nice. he's so nice. Yes. See, um, you do get along. But they're kind of boring. Yeah, they were kind slow. of boring. Mm-hmm. Episode five is is the best, I think. Empire mm. Strikes Back, I think, is the best. Our son Carter mm-hmm. went last night with a group of friends, and the text afterwards, it was so good. All those O's mm-hmm. and exclamation mm-hmm. marks. So mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. Yeah, the new one is excellent. Okay, it you've is seen excellent. it. Yeah, yeah. For the star- Hopefully again. And the real Star Wars fans are giving it thumbs up, so they yes. know it's good. Like, they yep. follow the book, and they're all like... Yeah. Well, one of our neighbors has those blow-up-y Star Wars figures for your lawn. You know, like a the, Christmas one. Yeah, yeah. Darth Vader mm-hmm. and Yoda and uh, mm-hmm. the, one of the stormtroopers. They're yep. just short, little, chubby, little air things on the lawn. You know, the kind that you have this urge to go and poke. Mm-hmm. But I try not to. <laughs> so if they're deflated, one day we'll know. I know. I just have that urge. Does anybody else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> get totally. their pin out. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. I'm always happy when they're on the uh, roof because then I really don't can't get there. <laughs> You're not worried about yourself then? It's just you actually submit to the urge. I think about it every time I go past. What are we like if you just? <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's on the roof, it'd be more fun. Because it's like on. an adventure. Like it's oh, yeah. easy if it's on the lawn. True. You just have to get out of your car and take the pin out. <laughs> no. If it's on a roof, I mean that's that's a whole different. Okay, we should take all crime. pins away from you too. <laughs> I'm tempted. <laughs> okay. Well, the reason that we had you guys here was not to talk about Star Wars oh. and defacing our neighbor's lawns, but to talk about prayer uh, and prayer week, because like I said, we're going to air this beginning of January. Paul is our new pastor of prayer, or that's under his Mm -hmm. mantle. Yeah. So we wanted to just chat with you a bit about that. Um, Why do we have a prayer week and what is in store for everyone that participates this year? Well, prayer week is, uh, we we hold it at the beginning of the year to encourage people to, I mean, like New Year's things, right? A lot of people probably at New Year's even have resolutions and they say, oh, I'm going to do devotions every day now. I'm going to read through the, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And then they fall off track within two weeks and all of that stuff. But at the beginning of the year, we we do want to kick off the year starting it by uh, lifting up all our praises and requests and prayers 
to our Father and to uh, and we encourage people to come out and do that with us. So the 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 reason we have Prayer Week is so that people can do those things, uh, come together as a body of Christ and pray together. And uh, we pray for various things throughout the week. Each night's going to have a different theme. Yeah, so walk us through what those mm-hmm. themes are so people know. Yeah, they sure. So, to a few. so he's in charge, but he's never been to a Northview Prayer Week. No. It's going to be interesting. Right. So it's going to be the best ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you're leading on Friday, so you can watch everybody and else. you can pray for my humility. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, Monday, Monday evening is going to be... Uh, so they, they go Monday through Friday, January 4th to 8th. It starts at 7 p.m. It'll be in Center Court. And uh, each evening will have a different theme. So Monday's theme is global missions and, and praying for the persecuted church. We'll have some missionaries that will be coming in, some of our Northview missionaries who are, who are back home here right now on furlough who will be coming in. Um, Tuesday will be a local missions uh, day and praying for the local church. Here, so we'll be uh, dealing there again with some people that that work as missionaries locally mm-hmm. uh, and local pastors. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be dealing with uh, our leaders, community and government leaders, and we've actually put out invites to a number of uh, local leaders, the mayor and council members, and MLAs and MPs, and all those people that we vote for, police chief, and uh, mm-hmm. we're getting responses. So some of them are have affirmed that they're coming already. So mm-hmm. that'll be good. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's the Wednesday evening. Thursday is going to be Youth and Seasons, which is our seniors group that meets here at Northview. That's going to be fun. Yeah, and so we're going to have uh, kind of the two, two ends, ends of the spectrum, of the spectrum mm-hmm. in, and uh, leaders from both will be there. We'll be praying for each other and in different small groups and things like that. And then the last day is a praise and thanksgiving night and also praying uh, into spiritual warfare. Hmm. And then Mission is having a prayer night one night, right? Yeah, and Tuesday night is also going to be a one-night prayer evening in Mission uh, led by Pastor Ezra, and that's also at 7 p.m., So what I've really enjoyed about these prayer nights in the past is they're very interactive. It's not just sitting and, uh, you know, being talked to or just sitting quietly the whole time. There's lots of back and forth worship, Mm -hmm. um, time for you to talk with people and to pray with people, and then time for you to meditate on your your own and large group prayer. And Mm -hmm. the hour and a half goes by really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have, we're going to have intercessors there. Uh, people, elders, people from our prayer commission here at Northview that will, and different pastors uh, that will be leading it every week. But uh, these people will be there every night too to be praying for people. If you have a specific prayer request and you need to, you want somebody to pray for you, there will be people available there to pray for you. So please come in, uh, come in one night, come in every night and uh, pray with people. Uh, when, we, when we praise our Father, it says in Philippians 4, um, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then verse 6 is this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And that's what we want to do uh, throughout that week and uh, well, through all our, all our lives, but... Yeah, in that week in particular here at Northview, we want to be inviting people in for that. I think it's important for people to know, too, that you're not going to get put on the spot. And if yeah. you aren't comfortable, you're not going to be asked to pray out loud or whatever. It's all mm-hmm. voluntary right. involvement. So if you've never been to one before, don't stay home because you're freaked out that you're going to be asked to do something weird that you're not mm-hmm. comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So usually there's times for a large group prayer and people who are comfortable praying in front of a group of 50 or more can do that. And those who want to stay silent can do that. And then sometimes mm-hmm. we'll break into groups of like two or three and then you, it's a little easier for people who are a little bit more comfortable that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other, we have other prayer ministries that go every week as well. We have Monday nights, we have Pray First, which starts at 7 p.m. Uh, that'll kick off again in the second week of January. Tuesday mornings, Pray AM at 6 in the morning. Uh, if you are, um, uh, even if you commute, we have it that early. So even if you commute, you can come in and uh, pray. Even if you can't stay the whole hour, you can come in for a little while and uh, pray with people. And then on the Tuesday, first Tuesday of every month, we have the day of prayer and fasting uh, for salvation. So if you are, if you have friends and family you want to see come to Christ, uh, that's a great day to come in and pray with others and, and pray for your, for your loved ones and have hopefully uh, see them come to faith yeah. through your prayers. So, all, all of our different ministries also have prayer teams attached to them usually. Like I know for a women's mm-hmm. ministry, we have a prayer team. And so if, there, if you love praying or if you want to learn more about prayer... Um, and you're involved in something, just can you know talk to that pastor, talk to that leader, say, how can I be involved in prayer mm-hmm. within this ministry yeah, that I'm great already idea. attending and being mm-hmm. part of? And then also weekend services, we have prayer teams that come up and pray with people. So there's lots of yep. opportunities to grow in that and learn. Mm-hmm. That's right. We wanted to talk too, as we're on this topic of prayer, some of the questions that come up surrounding prayer. Um, so what kind of questions kind of have come up for you guys Um in terms of people asking you, you know, different prayer practices. Anything you want to? Um, sorry, can you re- re- can you ask that again? What kind of questions do you hear in the community about prayer? Like, what are cultural ideas that are um, people are wondering if? Yeah, I think there's people. Um, people think that um, if they they feel there's a lot of people that feel that. Um, they don't have a good prayer life. Uh, they have a str- they struggle. They they open up their Bibles and they they read and then they go to pray, but their minds get distracted, and they want to know um, ways to kind of discipline themselves better. And um, and it can be a struggle. I mean, I've struggled. I've struggled in my own life uh, many times and through many seasons of of the same kind of a thing. So it is always good to uh, pray through Scripture. And then, as your as God's word is leading you, uh, the Holy Spirit is enlightening it before your eyes, and then you're able to um, you're able to, and, it, and He'll also speak to you and and like give you. Now, I don't mean we're going to be talking about listening prayer in a minute, but mm-hmm. when I say speak to you, I mean speak through God's word to you, and uh, somebody might come to your mind who you care for deeply and you pray for. So it's always good to use God's word as your guide in prayer. Um, uh, and then the other thing, though, is that people think that they have to be able to pray for maybe extended periods in their own personal time. Like they have to sit down and be able to pray for an hour, an hour and a half without interruption. With And they and if they can't, then they feel like they're failing. But, mm-hmm. but they're inadequate. But yeah, and that's, that's not really... Uh, we don't see anywhere in, really in Scripture that, that insists on that kind of a thing. Um, but to have a life of prayer. And we're actually going to be having a prayer class at the next TLC starting January 20th. And it, the, it's called a praying life. Mm-hmm. 
And it's meant to help us to understand how to pray just through everyday situations, just through your, whether you're at work or at home or uh, wherever you are, just to be able to, to have a life of prayer as you're walking in the mall and you see people. Um, so there's one, there's one instance in this book. The book is called A Praying Life by somebody, by author's name is Paul Miller. And uh, he uses this example where he says, like, um, we walk through the mall and we look at people and, and we see somebody. You might see somebody that's overweight and you judge them. And he's like, but he's like, instead of that, why don't we be praying for them? And so, or you see somebody, um, whatever, who's, who's different and you, and you feel like you're questioning or, or when you people watch, you go, oh, look at that. Look at what he's wearing or whatever. Rather than, rather than kind of having a... Uh, a superiority feeling when you look at them. Uh, humble yourself before the Father and actually pray for these people. And so these are ways that we can just pray and and love our neighbors even without even even uh, talking to them. Yeah, as we're going about our daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what this course is, looking at different ways to pray throughout our lives wherever we are. Hmm. Yeah, because someone might be starting out in the new year and saying, well, I don't pray or I haven't prayed for a really long time, how could I even start? So give us some ideas about how someone could sort of even start a prayer life that hasn't been for a long time. Maybe they're a new Christian or maybe they've come back to church after many years away. What would be a good way to start? Yeah, I think, like I, like I said, the, um, open up your Bible and find a passage, find a, maybe it's a psalm, maybe it's a uh, Jesus's pattern prayer, um, the Lord's prayer. Maybe it's um, in John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, I, and 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 follow through that and just and and read it. And as you're reading it, make that your prayer mm-hmm. to God. That's I mean that would be the I think a good way to kind of re-energize your prayer life yeah. is to go through the Word as you're praying and to um, because God God loves. Um, us and he loves us to know his word and he he loves having his word uh, come back to him and his word his word never returns void so that might only take a few minutes is that okay yeah definitely mm-hmm. I think Matthew 6 the Lord's Prayer Paul you brought mm-hmm. up is yeah. great um, not just seeing it as a thing to repeat um, verbatim like we have to memorize it and then just say it out loud and that's what we that's our prayer but to I, to be able to see some of the themes in the prayer and then focus on those themes for a bit and then move on to the next one and on to the next one. So there's at least five <clears throat> different themes in there. there. There's the fact that God is holy. We should worship him, right? Our Father, how be your name. Mm-hmm. There's a reorienting of our lives to God's ways and God's kingdom and God's um, call on our lives and the implications of the Christian faith and all that kind of stuff when we're talking about your kingdom come, your will be done yep. uh, in our own lives, in our communities. There's the other theme of give us this day our daily bread of we all have <clears throat> provisions that, that need meeting, if it's health, if it's money, if it's a, a job, um, spending time asking God for the things that we need in our lives, uh, the, the language of forgiving our debts and our debtors, of just recognizing our sinfulness and recognizing our... Um, resistance to forgiving others, and so praying for those things. God, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you mm-hmm. help me be a forgiver of sins instead of just someone who holds bitterness all, all the time? And then the final one is to lead us not into temptation and to deliver us 
from evil. So that that idea of it, again, it's a reorienting of our lives to God's way, but saying, "Help us to to hold on to the good, to leave what's bad." You you can spend a lot of time yeah. in prayer, just going through that and praying about things that come to mind as you're working your way through that passage, focusing on those themes. And it's okay if you don't finish like mm-hmm. all five each yeah. time. You can yeah. say, "I'm going to do Mondays. There's going to be my Our Father days and." Tuesday's going to be the temptation day, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You can... We spent whole weekends, like prayer weekends, going through that, the yeah. Lord's Prayer. Yeah, right. that's good. So I think it's important for us to realize that in Scripture, we have models of how to pray. And so when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, how do we pray? Well, that's what he came up with, was the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. He modeled prayer, like you said, John 17, where he prayed yeah. for his disciples and for all who would come mm-hmm. after and for the world. Mm-hmm. And we have Paul, who has amazing prayers in Ephesians mm-hmm. and Colossians and other parts, where he just tells people exactly what he's praying yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the whole book of Psalms is all prayers mm-hmm. of the people. And then there's, within the Old Testament and New, we have people like Hannah and others who their, their mo- modes of prayer um, mm. are recorded and, and in Scripture. Mm. Uh, even Jonah in the whale and all these prayers That's that are right. recorded for us. So I would say, look mm-hmm. for the prayers in Scripture and, and follow that pattern. Yeah. Uh, because I think one of the w- areas that people have got confused is um, we've had a lot of teaching in the community on listening prayer, which is a pattern that isn't necessarily taught in Scripture. Um, and so the pattern that uh, people follow in listening prayer is to, to quiet yourself, to imagine yourself um, maybe in a room or somewhere with God, uh, to discern what he may be speaking to you individually through your thoughts that are coming into your mind or through images that are coming into your mind. And once you've kind of interpreted and understood these ideas, you know, running them through the grid of scripture and trying to and picture, you know, what God's trying to say to you now. And there's this idea that every time we sit and quiet ourselves before God, God will speak to us because he is constantly speaking and we just need to learn how to listen. If we aren't hearing him speaking audibly to us or speaking, you know, specifically to us, then we're, it's our problem because we're not tuned in to him. So when people come to you with that kind of idea compared to that, that scriptural idea of what prayer is like in terms of the Lord's Prayer and stuff. What are some of your responses, or how do you give them some guidance on that? Yeah. So there's a lot of presuppositions there. Um, the first is that we have... The first presupposition is that there's biblical proof that God is always wanting to speak to us extra-biblically, and that the issue is our tuning problem. Mm-hmm. The issue is we're not on the right frequency. That is not a, a principle taught in scripture at okay, hang all. Hang on, I gotta jump in for a second. Mm. Somebody who's it. listening to this, what would you mean by, if you say <clears throat> extra biblically? So what I mean is that um, I think that the Bible is God's word to us, that God has intended for the Bible to be sufficient for us to follow him uh, in obedience as he would want us to. So okay. I, I think 2 Timothy three sixteen, where it says that scriptures God breathed so that we can be fit, equipped for every good work. I, I think it actually means every good work. I think it means that you can, you can only have the Bible and read it and try to follow it, and you will not be lacking in anything in terms for, you, of your spiritual for life. your whole Christian life. Yeah. So what might be an example, though, of somebody who is practicing listening prayer? What would be something extra biblical that they might be looking for or listening for? So uh, some of it might be um, future direction stuff. Mm-hmm. How do I process this this problem in my life? How do I 
how do I approach this, this issue that's in front of me? Um, so if it's a moral issue, we have what God wants us to do in his mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. If it's a non-moral issue, then like St. Augustine said, you, you, can, you can love God and do what you want. Right. Right. And so, but people will want to have this sense of I'm so firmly in the middle of God's will for my life. And I know that because I, I asked God in my quiet time what school I should go to. And I sat and I waited until a school came into my head. And now I know for sure that that's the one I have to go to no matter what, because that's what God put in my heart. And right. I feel at peace about it. Right. See, there I'm going to say maybe, maybe that's totally what, what God brought into your head for you. And that's, that's great. But we shouldn't assume that just because we we leave that space and then something comes into our mind that that's always going to be from from God. Right. I, I think that the the language of God speaking to us in personal, direct ways of, of us having a word from God is better f- put in the prophecy bucket than so in the, the prayer. Bucket. As a gift, as a gift, you're saying like some people have a prophetic gift. Yeah, so what I don't want people hearing me say is that I don't think that God still speaks into, gives people words for the community or for themselves. I think that still happens. I just think it's less common than what the listening prayer um, uh, practitioners would want to make it seem. I actually think that it's God interrupting, bringing something spontaneous to mind rather than us dictating the terms of when when this happens. When this is going to happen. So what are some of the dangers? If you're sitting there and you're quieting your mind and you're waiting for God to bring a picture or a word or something, what would be some of the dangers around that? So my first question would be, why Why is that the activity that you're doing to try to prompt God to speak to you? Like, we have as much biblical warrant to dance around fires and ask God to prompt, try to prompt God to speak to us that way, or walking around in a forest holding a big stick in the air and and using kung fu chants. <laughs> like, we have as much biblical warrant to say that's how we prompt God to... I, that is from an earlier conversation. <laughs> kung fu chants? Yeah. I don't know. See? Yeah. Yeah. was talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. My point is that, we, like, for some reason, we have in our mind that that this this image of sitting quietly and waiting for God to speak is actually a practice that's being commended in, in the Bible in terms of a, a prayer practice. And mm-hmm. we, we just have as, we have as much evidence biblically that, that you should try to prompt God to speak into your life by going around a fire and, and chanting and dancing like yeah. that. But that seems crazy to us and sitting in a room by yourself privately, not doing anything, but waiting to see what comes into your head doesn't seem crazy to us because we're so individualistic and we're so concerned about experiences yeah. that, that that's o- totally okay for us. So, and we, we see the word waiting in scripture as waiting on the Lord, but whenever you talk about it, it within the Psalms, it says, I sat and waited. It's basically saying, I'm waiting for God to act. Yeah. I've put mm-hmm. my request before him, and now I'm waiting for him to act. It's not necessarily that you're waiting for a word or a clarification. That waiting is just waiting on God's uh, answer to your prayer, right. like for him to actually Because you're saying the potential is that our imagination could get us in trouble. I'm quite good for me yeah. at imagining all kinds of things in my head. And if I then said, attributed that to God, it may or may not be from God. It could be just my imagination. Right. And the danger then can be our imagination can affirm things that aren't necessarily in line with scripture. Because yeah. if we start to base our beliefs, our faith on our feelings about things, 
Um, we've had people come in here and say that they have peace about a whole lot of things that aren't in line with scripture. Peace yeah. about relationships that are um, adulterous. Peace about mm. relationships that are of same sex. Peace that are, you mm-hmm. know, about different business decisions, whatever. They base their truth of something on whether or not it gives them peace. And right. then that experience trumps um, whatever they would say within God's word. Mm-hmm. Right. So I found an article online from a college, a Christian college in the States, uh, a student paper, and it was talking about these two students who were trying to come to grips with their their same-sex attraction and wanting to be good, godly Christians and follow what God wants for their lives. So this is what was in the article. The one person named Colby said, it's oftentimes thought of as a dichotomy that you can't be a practicing gay person and Christian at the same time. God takes precedence in both our lives. This is him speaking of him and his partner. And so trying to reconcile homosexuality and engagement in the homosexual community, which seem to compromise our beliefs in redemption and God's salvation, is something that we've struggled with our entire lives. Then the author writes, Colby recounted the moment when he was sitting in the prayer room, asking God to show him what he should do. And he said he felt the Holy Spirit come upon him. And then Colby writes, it was a feeling I can't explain. I can't explain that intense peace and reassurance, and it was only in the Holy Spirit that I felt it. Mm-hmm. It was just intoxicating, fulfilling, and I knew that I was not in the wrong. I was just simply trying to show who I am. So yeah. here's Colby using the paradigm of what we're talking about as listening prayer, this idea of let's quiet ourselves in a room, let's totally privatize our life, so as to not appeal to the wisdom of others, but let's privatize it. Let's ask God to help us deal with an issue in front of us. And when we receive a, a thought or an impulse that leaves us feeling restful and peaceful and reassured and fulfilled, that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you can't convince this guy otherwise. You can point to the scriptures, but now he has all kinds of other reasons for why he doesn't want to listen to the Bible. He's going to throw all kinds of different defeater beliefs on top of it and say, that doesn't mean what it says because of X, Y, Z. But the real reason is because he's had this personal experience that mm-hmm. trumps yeah. everything else. Even it, though his personal experience and what he claims the Holy Spirit told him goes completely against what God's word would tell him to do. Well, and part of the problem is that people I meet with don't read God's word. And they don't come mm. to church very often. So they don't really mm. know what God says on a particular topic. Sure. They're taking what other people have said in blogs and articles and mm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other problem is that the whole feeling that Crystal mentioned about the feeling of the peace. Because Vic and I have sat with a number of couples mm. that are getting divorced because they're not happy with each other. There's no biblical reason to get a divorce. And they are saying, we're at peace. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the feeling, like we said, trumps everything. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a danger for people who are definitely new Christians um, and who, yeah, are seeking that extra biblical. I think also for people, I know there are people who are sincere, Bible-believing Christians who want to follow this and they want to do it with all right intent. My concern would be for them is, or what my challenge would be, is to read all the scripture passages that are used as a basis for listening prayer Mm -hmm. and read them in context and Mm -hmm. say, is this actually what this passage is teaching? Because every single one that that I've looked up anyways, Mm -hmm. that says this is a proof text for listening prayer, when you actually read it in context, it's nothing to do with prayer and it's not a proof text for, like, it doesn't hold together. Mm -hmm. And so my challenge would be take those scriptures, look at them, 
and say, is this really what this passage is talking about? So like Revelation 3.20 is one that people use that say, you know, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock and whoever opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with them. When people say, mm. well, that's an invitation to invite Jesus into your heart to talk to him and all this stuff. But if you look at the whole passage, which is actually a passage that is criticizing the church of Laodicea, the knocking at the door is an act of, like, Jesus is saying, you need to repent or you're yeah. going to hell. Like, mm-hmm. And so the opening the door is an act of repentance. It's not an act of mm. inviting Jesus into your heart for right. prayer mm-hmm. and to sup with him. And so I think what you need to do is take all those passages and say, like, I understand, you know, God wants us to pray and he wants us to pray well, but we want to pray in line with scripture. Mm-hmm. And so act, act, actually look at them in context and see if that's mm. what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. So there's a willingness required there. Yeah. A willingness to relook at scripture in a broader context. Yeah. And do and a little bit of digging and research. That's hard if you've had a listening prayer experience which has been powerful to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's hard to step back from that. People have said that to me, you know, but if I if I um, start questioning whether God spoke to me here, then my whole faith is shaky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. The other problem that we're wow. seeing with listening prayer is that it is dividing Christians who should be in great relationship as Christians. Mm. So it's dividing families, it's dividing friendships because people fall on different sides or views of this listening prayer. And Mm. so they're trumping their view above their relationship as Christians. Mm. Yeah, this is something that um, we've had had discussions about this. It seems to be like... um, It seems to be something where, where people think that and this seems to be kind of the, the way our culture overall is going, that we can't, if I disagree with you, I can't, I can't hang out with you. Yeah, I can't yeah. even be friends with you anymore. Yeah, like yeah. we can disagree on topics and still enjoy dinner together or Absolutely. have coffee or play a game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't agree on everything. Exactly. I don't agree on everything with every member of my family. And, and that doesn't stop me from still enjoying time with them and having fun. Like, and we don't even agree with our spouses all the time. Right. It doesn't mean you can't have a great marriage and just disagree on some things. Right. And our, our culture has redefined tolerance. Yeah. And tolerance has become like, oh, you have to agree with me, and then that's being tolerant. Or you have to say what I believe is fine, and that's being tolerant. Yeah. When That's not actually the case. Tolerance is... Some, uh, there was a quote that was like, uh, tolerance is um, have, disagreeing with somebody to the bitter end, but, but fighting for their right to believe it. Hmm. Like, hmm. like you have the right to believe something else, but, but to be, and that's, and to be tolerant of each other is to, yes, you have the right to believe that, but I disagree with you. And here are my reasons. Hmm. I think all of us at the end of the day, we want to stand before God and say um, that we've been open to kind of all voices, right? On, on scripture. And that we're trying, we've tried to understand it the best we can, and we're not going to hmm. block out good argument. Mm. And so I think for all of us, listening prayer is one of those topics where we should be open to hearing the sides of the debate. We should be open to debating them and we should be open to being corrected and stuff along the mm. way because all of us want to tr- try to follow God as faithfully as we can, right? We don't want to block right. out truth. We're not saying at all that God doesn't speak. We're mm. not saying at all that God doesn't interrupt, that he doesn't guide us individually at times. Um, we look in Genesis 12 and God gave Abraham exactly what he was going to do as a plan, but he didn't do that for every single person in scripture. And so we don't want to put guilt trips right. on someone saying, oh, if you're not hearing God, then you're not really a Christian. Mm-hmm. You're not really right. one of his sheep because yeah. you're not hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody in scripture got that same. Right. Or it might've been but, only once in their life. Yeah. Right. So we, we have so individualized the Christian 
experience to the detriment of our own Christian experience yeah. where like we can't even, like we don't even understand the categories almost that Paul's talking about in Corinthians when he's talking about the use of the spiritual gifts and saying, I want you to desire the higher gifts, the better gifts. Our instinct would be because that's going to help us. But his instinct is, no, I want you to desire these, these higher gifts, which is things like prophecy, things like God spontaneously bringing things to mind for the edification of others. He wants you to desire them so that you can benefit others. The church. The church, uh, other Christians by saying things that are going to encourage them to keep being Christians. And yet we've so, we, we just try to privatize and individualize everything so that I have in my own being, my own totally functioning Christian community that, that I can reach into and I'll talk to my Right. prophecy self and I'll talk <laughs> yeah. to tongue self. Like we just try to so individualize <laughs> yeah. it. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, I think for me, that's the biggest issue that I have with the listening prayer concept is not mm-hmm. that God can't interrupt our lives and give us spontaneous things to, to mind that are going to be helpful and encourage us, but that we've so flipped things to say that God gives us primarily for our own benefit. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not, that's not the way the gifts work. Right. The way the uh, gifts work is yeah. so that you're gifted so you can be a, a gift to others. For the building up of the body, Ephesians yeah. 4, yeah. And that's my biggest issue is, is there's, there's trying, uh, trying to teach a method that's not biblical based on biblical texts that are being abused in the process to say, you should have this private experience because it's really going to improve your life and this is the way to make your spiritual life way better. Actually, no, it's by going to church and letting the people who have other gifts encourage you through the use of their gifts. That's that how God's going to grow you. It doesn't have the whoosh. If we're Christians and we're following mm-hmm. God and we're, we've given up, let's say, alcohol and drugs and promiscuous sex and all that kind of stuff, we're looking for now a Christian whoosh. The spiritual yeah. high. The spiritual mm-hmm. high, the spiritual experiences. Yeah. And, you know, reading my Bible faithfully and being at church and doing the hard work of, you know, contextual, you know, things, research... Is doesn't have necessarily a whoosh. Yeah, that's because we don't think about Christ coming back again. Yeah. We don't. Like, I, I know a lot of people who will say things like, oh, I hope God, Jesus doesn't come back again until I get to go to this football game. Right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not crazy. You Fill in the blank. I've like, thought I, that way. Like, I, hope, I have yeah. thought that way. I hope Jesus doesn't yeah. come back until, until I get, get married, to see the new Star Wars. Kids, Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Because we don't think about the last things. We don't think about Christ coming back as actually the moment where all of our hopes and dreams and and joys find their full satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So we want it all now because we don't actually want to think about what, because I don't know, it's confusing and we don't know all the details and it's, it's out there. And anyways, now you got me fired up about the second coming, but that's the reason I think is because we just, we can't function in a place where things aren't all as they should be Mm -hmm. because it's hard because they're not. But one day they will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we could talk about this for a long time, mm-hmm. but we've already talked about it for about 40 minutes. <laughs> so we'll maybe wrap up for today. But this is a topic that we talk about a lot here at Northview. We often have people coming in and asking us questions about listening prayer, emailing us, uh, wanting get direction and guidance from us. And we're open to, you know, definitely the questions. And like I said, searching the scriptures and finding out what the truth is on this. So mm. we just encourage you to do that. Um, as time goes by, email us at bonus at northview.org or myself or Thalia or Greg or Paul individually um, and about this or many other prayer practices. So Paul, as we close, would you mind praying for our listeners? This, I know you're new to the bonus podcast. I would love to. But <laughs> this is what we do here. I would love to, and I will pray through scripture. There we go. Model us. it. Yeah. So I'll be praying through uh, Psalm 19 verses 7 through 11. Okay. 
So, Father, I pray uh, that you would bless all the people that are listening here, that you would work in our hearts, lead us to more repentance, Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So, Father, lead us more into your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us through your word. And lead us into more worship of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us.